We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, we are engaged in a great civil war, testing that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Hi everyone and welcome back. You're listening to Old Glory, an American history podcast with me, your host, Per Fjernby. This is a history podcast making a broad sweep through U.S. history from the colonial era to modern times. Uh, from the perspective of a Swedish history buff and sometimes with a bit of a Swedish twist, uh, that will be obvious today when among many topics we will cover the Vikings exploring and colonization of America. Let's begin from the start, and the central question is what uh, what actually is the start? Because although we're we're going to focus on European discovery of North America, it had been inhabited for thousands thousands of years when the Vikings first made contact. Uh, there is some confusion regarding the American origin. Uh, who are the first? Americans, where, when, and how did they arrive to America? Uh, that is disputed with a with a lot of different theories. Most certainly, according to most scholars, there there has been one or more waves of immigration across the land bridge going across the Bering Strait from Siberia to Alaska around seventeen thousand to eleven thousand years ago. Uh, the Ice Age made it possible to cross the continents on, on that land bridge. And then these immigrants then spread south and east into North America and down into the South America, uh, huge continents to populate, but uh, it still seems to have gone pretty fast if I understand things correctly. But there have also been discoveries that indicate that the land bridge is in the north is not the only immigration to America. There are traces that indicate that there were people uh, related to Australia's Aborigines already habitating America about twenty to 50,000 years ago. These older tracks are found further south in South America. Uh, guess is that they probably have been pushed south by the immigrants from the north. So this has puzzled scholars because if if you only believe in immigration from the from the north and Alaska, then why are the oldest ancient remains in South America? They may have arrived in America before the land bridge made it possible. And that remains a bit unclear. One theory is that they came by by water and rafts. Uh, the Norwegian researcher. Thor Heyerdahl uh, demonstrated that it was possible with his raft, raft named uh, Kontiki. One of the main reasons he did the voyage with the Kontiki was to prove that migration to islands in the Pacific Ocean could have been done that way. Then the picture becomes uh, even more complicated in 1992 when bones and stones were found in the San Diego area, which are believed to have been worked by forefathers of human beings. Uh, this discovery is much older, as old as perhaps 130,000 years old. What makes this absolutely breathtaking is that these discoveries dates from a time period when the when the Homo sapiens hadn't even migrated out of Africa. Uh, so we, we might be talking about another human species 
places. So exactly who was the first American uh, or how they came to America is something that remains a bit unclear uh, and, and exciting. If we skip ahead uh, to the time of the discovery of North America by Europeans, or perhaps we should uh, use the word rediscovery because obviously someone had discovered the continent before since it had been populated for many thousands of years. But when we come to the time when the Europeans began to cross the Atlantic, many estimates there are there are pro- approximately 300 million Native Americans in the entire Americas. Some est- estimates that, that the number are greater, greater perhaps 50 million in the entire Americas. North of Mexico in what what constitutes today United States and Canada, the continent was more sparsely populated, perhaps around 2 million Native Americans. Only if you look at North America, perhaps around 300 different languages were spoken, and it was usually a society of tribes and tribes confederated in one way or another as confederation or or nations, and the lifestyle was often nomadic or or semi-nomadic. The classic image of of Native Americans from, from photos are warriors sitting on horseback on a blanket but horses are a fairly modern phenomenon or rather horses had existed in America but disappeared around 11,000 years ago so the horse later the horses later used by Native Americans was in fact reintroduced by Europeans so the stereotype image of Native Americans from Hollywood movies is, is an image that they, that they were hunter and gatherers only. But many tribes on, on the, the East Coast, for example, were horticultural, meaning that they were both hunters and gatherers, but also cultivated crops. Uh, vegetables, fruit and berries were grown, often mixed with each other and other vegetation. A common practice was to burn the land first before cultivating it practice very common also back in the days in Sweden and especially Finland uh, now a separate Nordic country but for for hundreds of years was was a part of Sweden. Corn and potatoes actually provided about twice as many calories per cultivated area compared to wheat, barley and and oats. Um, This was quite difficult for Europeans to understand when they arrived in North America according to their view of agriculture. One should blow large fields so a crop build fences and not just engage in some kind of wild gardening. This horticulture, agriculture, along with hunting and gathering, uh, combined with nomadic living, uh, was not the European form of agriculture and was perceived as very different. In their world, that was just wilderness. Uh, If you can't see agriculture, it, it must be wilderness. One should remember also that it was kind of in the interest of Europeans not to see land as cultivated by, by but as wilderness because legally and morally they considered themselves able to claim land that was wilderness for cultivation and development, the European style. All early colonial rights from the English kings were were rights to own land not cultivated by any Christian prince or, or people. There are some crucial differences between America and Europe before the worlds collide, so to speak. A few examples, the Native Americans didn't have the wheels. Uh, That's a huge difference, Uh, not even in Detroit. No, that was a bad joke. Uh, The Native Americans didn't have domesticized animals such as horses, cows and pigs. No alphabet or written language existed either. Uh, And that is, of course, a reason why we don't know that much about American uh, culture in the the North before Columbus. Uh, Another difference making the relations between 
between Native Americans and Europeans difficult is that Native Americans do not have the same way of looking at land as property or ownership. For them, the thought of owning land is, as, is probably as strange as owing the air we breathe. Um, a tribe could master and control an area of land and use it for hunting and living, but ownership in a way of a contract or, or treaty given the owner ownership for eternity and being able to legally keep others off your land was a kind of a strange thought for the Native Americans. Considering how much Europeans in general and Americans in particular see property rights as something sacred, it's, it's a no-brainer that the history of the U.S. will see a lot of misunderstanding in various treaties and other things regarding property rights. If we think of lar- larger societies and cultures in America, it's, it's easy to think of the Inca Empire in South America or the Mayan people or the Aztecs in, in Central America. But even in North America on the Mississippi River, there, were, there have been some larger and more agricultural civilizations with cities and more advanced governance. Um, one example is the city of Cahokia in today's Illinois or Chaco in today's New Mexico, both of which are on the UNESCO World Heritage List today. These had their days of glory in the 12th century but were abandoned for for unknown reasons in the 14th century. Uh, One theory is that the so-called Little Ice Age, which had a major impact on Europe, uh, also had a major impact on North America. When the Europeans found the remains of these major cities in North America, which were larger even compared to contemporary Europe at the time, Europeans initially could not believe that it, it, it had been primitive North American tribes, mostly nomadic, who had built them. They began to speculate and came up with theories that it must have been built by some kind of civilized Europeans, maybe ancient Phoenicians who were good sailors had reached America earlier, perhaps the Viking had penetrated further into the country, Uh, perhaps the Welsh or the Irish had sailed west earlier than thought. Speaking of Vikings, uh, to say that Columbus discovered America is in many ways a little strange considering that other Europeans beat him by almost 500 years and that they wrote about their voyages as well. So we're talking about the Viking, the Norse. Actually, it's more logical to talk about the Norse or the Norsemen than Vikings. Norsemen and Norses were the people in the north of Europe, that is, the Scandinavian countries today. The word Viking is to describe something you do. To to go Viking meant uh, roughly to to make trips or go on adventures with with the purpose of conducting trade, raiding or colonizing. Being a Viking is uh, more like a profession than a people. But since the word Viking is so common, I'll continue with it. Um, as a Swede, I uh, I can't skip explaining it, and uh, and of course the Vikings lie close to my heart, and I obviously want to highlight them uh, a little extra. Uh, the Vikings was so important that the Middle Middle Ages in Scandinavia, is, uh, the early Middle Ages in Scandinavia, is called the Viking Age, for example. At this time, around the year 700 to the year 1000, the present-day nations of Norway, Denmark and Sweden didn't exist uh, in that way. What did exist was rather various confederations uh, of clans gathering around certain strong uh, Viking leaders. What made the Vikings unique was their ability to both sail and travel over long distances, but also reaching far up the rivers and being able to land almost uh, along any coastal area. Since they were good warriors, uh, that made them very dangerous uh, to other people. The reason they could travel like that was their ships and their ability to navigate. The boats could um, take them both far on the seas with the sails, but uh, the boats were also shallow-going ships, so they could land on almost any coast and sail up any river. 
in the west from uh, from modern day Norway and Denmark and, and what is today southern the southern part of Sweden which for for a long time actually was the eastern part of Denmark the Vikings sailed along the Atlantic coast uh, they took over a lo- large part of England and uh, northern and, and the northern coast of France Normandy in the northwest of France means actually the land of the Norse for a period of time, different Vikings, uh, one of them called Knut the Great, uh, ruled over more than half of England from 1016 with, with Danish laws called Danelagen. When the Saxons reconquered England, it was actually a bit ironic that William the Conqueror then arrived and took the throne following the victory of the Battle of Hastings in 1066 since uh, William was uh, descended from Normandy and, and the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings in the west also sailed up the river Seine and plundered Paris. Uh, they went down south to the coast of Spain and Portugal. Um, in 1844, they occupied the city of Seville in uh, southern Spain. Perhaps less well known is that Vikings also made their way east, mainly from, from today's Sweden, which makes sense since they could just cross the Baltic Sea. In the east, they made their way to present-day Baltic to the present-day Baltic states and continued along the rivers of present-day Russia and Belarus and Ukraine. Along certain stretches, the boats were rolled on land or logs between one river to another to be able to continue uh, south and reach all the way to the Caspian Sea or the Black Sea. Uh, they settled in the area along the way, for example, Kiev, and the word Rus probably comes from the fact that the Vikings came from a region in Sweden just north of Stockholm called Russlagen. And it's uh, believed that the word Rus uh, may be the origin of the words Russians and Russia. In the east, the Vikings made it all the way down to Constantinople, uh, today's Istanbul, and also to what is today Baghdad in, in Iraq. So that's uh, it's far distances. A number of Vikings was actually hired as bodyguards for the Eastern Roman Empire in Constantinople. Yes, scribbles of runes, the alphabet in Scandinavia at the time, have been found on a stone in no less than the Holy Temple of Hagia Sophia, probably uh, written by a bored Viking. So what does all this talk about the Viking has to do with America? Uh, well, I wanted to give a more comprehensive image of how far the Vikings actually travel in the world because then it's uh, logical and makes more sense that they also were able to sail to America and, and try to colonize America. In the 9th century, Vikings began to colonize the Faroe Islands in the Atlantic, small islands uh, uh, on a bit to the north and, and west of Scotland and Norway. Uh, a Norwegian Viking on his way to the Faroe Island got off course and drifted north, discovering Iceland. Uh, and what, is, what, what he found was there is no way an icy island, uh, then the name Iceland. Uh, the, the same thing happened to a Swedish Viking who became the first to sail around the entire island of Iceland. In the late 9th century, many Vikings in Norway were dissatisfied with one of the great leaders called Harald, uh, so they took their families and possessions and began to colonize Iceland. From Iceland, Vikings sailed on further west and discovered Greenland. Uh, it may sound odd to give that name to this huge island co- close to the Antarctic, uh, but this was before the Little Ice Age, and at the time when several parts of the southern Greenland was grassy areas where it was possible to grow crops. Um, and, of course, from Greenland it wasn't far to sail further west to the North America. Thus we need to 
talk about uh, Leif Eriksson, who visited America. Uh, Leif's family was one of those who, who moved west in several stages, and the man in this family seems to have been a bit hot-headed. His grandfather, Torvald Osvaldsson, um, was sentenced as an outlaw in Norway and then emigrated to Iceland with his son, Erik Röde, called Erik the Red in English. Erik the Red, Leif's father, uh, was in his turn uh, sentenced to exile from Iceland after murdering someone and, and moved west to colonize Greenland. Um, Erik is not the not the first to discover Greenland, but he was the first to, to settle there with his family. So Leif Eriksson um, grows up on the farm Brattalid in Greenland and when he is in an adult age he began to travel as well and goes further west to America. There are two versions of the Viking journeys west. Uh, they are uh, described in, in two of the so-called Icelandic sagas, um, the saga of Eric the Red and the saga of the Greenlanders. Uh, the sagas give a general picture of, of how it happened. Uh, a saga in this meaning we, we need to remember is an oral history being written down like any sort of medieval chronicle. Uh, it's, it's not a saga, it's a fairy tale. It is a bit unclear if Leif was actually the first in America. Uh, several expeditions are made and it might have, might as well have been or probably were a Viking called Bjarne Herjulfsson. Um, according to the saga of the Greenlanders, Bjarne is the first to actually discover America but that he never uh, set his foot on land. Um, Leif Eriksson thus becomes the more famous Viking in the year thousand he lands in North America probably as the first European ever since the Native Americans came from from Asia. He visited three places and uh, names them uh, first uh, Helluland uh, which can be translated to Stoneland uh, which probably is Baffin Island today. Second, Markland, meaning woodland, probably Labrador today. And third and most famous, Vinland, meaning wineland, probably Newfoundland today. The word wine at the time could be translated to both wine, grapes and, and grass. Um, and uh, we do not know what what made him call, call it wineland. Some sort of, of grapes uh, might have been grown there or otherwise he might have called it uh, because of the grass he found. Um, Leif made two trips to America. His brother Thorvald also travels there but is killed in a fight against the Native Americans. Um, the Viking called the Native Americans Skrælinga, the same word they used for the Inuits. Um, it's probably, it probably comes from an old Norse word meaning skin. Inuits and Native Americans dressed in skin while the Vikings themselves dressed in woolen clothing. Something that they surely experienced as a big difference. It is unclear how much the Viking colonized America. According to the saga of Eric the Red, a large expedition sailed in the early years after Leif's voyages and established a settlement in America. That is the first attempt at European colonization in America ever. Uh, the expedition consi- consisted of as many as 160 men, uh, some women uh, and cattle uh, under the leadership of Torfinn Karlsamn and his wife Gudrid. And uh, probably it was Gudrid, who, who, who the wife, who was the, was the leader and the, and the one really one, wanting to make the expedition. This can be compared to the famous 102 pilgrims who sailed on the Mayflower to colonize Plymouth. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, that was a smaller expedition than the, than the Viking uh, Viking expedition. The colony survived for three years. Uh, Gudrid uh, herself gave birth to a son called Snorra, probably the first European born in America. 
Despite good condition, they failed. To, they failed to establish a permanent settlement. Uh, internal strifes, uh, no contact with the with the Nordic countries, and battles with the Native Americans are mentioned as reasons for the settlement to end. Uh, which sounds quite logical, since many of the later attempts by the English and the French face face later on uh, from the same factors. Since the sagas cannot be taken as absolute fact, uh, no one could be absolutely 100% sure that the Vikings really discovered and colonized America as as was described in the sagas. For a long time there was only speculation uh, based on these sources. Of course it it seemed reasonable since other parts of the sagas definitely matched other sources that had been documented in Europe. On the other hand other parts of the sagas are pure fiction so so who could know? Um, The uncertainty got perhaps bigger with with some of the frauds like the Kensington stone from the ni- 19th century a fake rune stone and the Wineland map a map perhaps fake no one knows that was said to have been made in the 15th century based on older maps where Wineland was marked on a map but the uncertainty about the Vikings colonization of America changed in 1960 that year the Vikings presence in America could be confirmed archaeologically at the site site of Lance Omeros in Newfoundland, part of my French uh, the remains of a colony were found. In total it is about eight buildings, uh, one forged, one boardyard. Um, they found a bronze ring and iron tools that confirms it was Vikings. Many of the tools they found were, were needles and things that uh, the women probably used. A piece of a chopped tree could be dated to exactly the year 1021, so uh, and we got a year on on the on the colony. Some discoveries made or artifacts found also suggested that the Vikings made exploration, perhaps up the St. Lawrence River or down the American coast, because among the things found uh, were seeds and kernels from certain plants that grew further south, for example in in New England uh, or what is New England today. In 2012 Archaeologists found found a site at Baffin Island that showed possible signs of Viking outposts. Uh, and with modern technology, I wouldn't be surprised if they find uh, more sites. DNA technique also shows something interesting. There is evidence that the Vikings probably must have brought at least one Native American woman back to Iceland. This is uh, known because parts of a specific DNA sequence found only in Native American women, uh, Native American women can be found in a small number of Icelanders, uh, and it is known that all the Icelanders who have this DNA sequence have a common relative from the Viking age because the DNA sequence is only passed down from mother to daughter. So there must have been a child with a Native American woman and a Norse man as parents, uh, or the other way around. Quite fascinating. But the Vikings did not in the end succeed in building a permanent colony in uh, America that lasted over time. Uh, they weren't able to um, backing up the colonization in the same way as they did in Europe or, or as Europeans did later. Maybe they could have in the long run. I, I mean, they succeeded in conquering parts of England, France and Russia. What mainly comes in, in between, as many guessed, is the little ice age that makes the climate colder. The Vikings were, were forced to leave Greenland, which became more ice-covered and impossible to survive on with agriculture. And it also became more difficult to live on Iceland as well, so they backtracked from their northwestern expansion. Without Greenland as a base, they don't continue exploring America and, and, and they don't continue trying to colonize America. Otherwise, we might as well have had the United States of Vinland instead of the United States of America. 
But it also seems that they still went to America, even though they didn't have permanent settlements. Uh, as late as 1347, it is mentioned that someone from Iceland visited America. Uh, timber were scarce in both Greenland and Iceland, and they, and they knew how to navigate, and, uh, and they, they knew the way, so why not? Um, so in Northern Europe, the knowledge of America is not forgotten. What is more interesting uh, is that everyone in the rest of Europe seems to forget about America. In the Middle Ages, the Vikings discovery became just the Nordic sagas that other parts of Europe uh, don't care for. When Columbus finally made his discovery in 1492, uh, it was so forgotten that he thinks he had made it to Asia. Uh, So the story goes, Columbus discovered America when we should be talking about uh, a rediscovery. Today in the United States uh, and most of the world, people still talk about Columbus rather than Leif Eriksson. The Vikings uh, does not really get the the credit for being the first Europeans in America in in some sources. But in 1964, the American Congress uh, decided to pay attention to this part of American history and and made October the 9th a day of memory, the Leif Eriksson Day. Maybe it should have been the Bjarne Day, but uh, still uh, it is a celebration of the Vikings' uh, finding of America. So the Viking were the first, but as we shall see in the next episode, uh, more Europeans will arrive and start exploring the North America. Until then, take care everyone. Bye. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil. And if the hippies and the yippies and the disruptors of the systems that Washington and Lincoln as presidents brought forth in this country will shut up and work within our free system of government, I will lower my voice. If the impeachment provision in the Constitution of the United States will not reach the offenses charged here, then perhaps that 18th century Constitution should be abandoned to a 20th century paper shredder. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow.